0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Puck Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott.
1: And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing Match Game 74 versus At Midnight. At Midnight, uh, one of my recommendations
0: a couple weeks ago, and uh, Match Game, if you're unaware, an old hokey uh, game show from the 70s. 60s, Se- 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, I saw, I saw because we watched this on YouTube on the side, there was like a 1990 version with uh, Burt Convy, is that his name, hosting it? And it had like oh. Brad Garrett on it and shit. Huh. Terry I- Copley from uh I don't even know what that show is called. We got it made or something. Yeah, well this one so I assume this was Match Game 74 man it was actually on in 74?
1: Yeah, from 73 to like 79 they they every year they renamed the show to whatever the year was. And um it was
0: uh I used to watch it when I was a kid.
1: Really, I've never seen it before. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty fucking terrible, man. What, what did you think?
1: Yeah, it was of its time and not a good time.
0: No, definitely not a good time uh, for TV 74. I don't know if, uh, like, Donnie and Marie and Sonny and Cher and those kind of variety shows were on the air at that time, but uh, you've probably at least seen, like, some Merv Griffin or uh, what's that one... Uh, Really pretentious dude who had the talk show. I'm Dick blamed. Cavett. Yeah, Dick Cavett. I shouldn't say pretentious. Um, well, yeah, he kind of was,
1: but I like his kind of. But too. he's awesome. I mean, he yeah. had great interviews and very interesting. I think I lost where you're going. I'm sorry.
0: He was. Well, I was just gonna say, like you can imagine what the set looked like from kind of from Oh, his, right. Um, just really gaudy and and uh, loud. Yeah. As as
1: were all the clothes worn by everybody, including the 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 contestant, the contestant I think name was Jeff where the Gene Rayburn complimented his his fabulous suit which was I don't know but that's the seventies yeah I'm sure if you're watching it it didn't seem out of the ordinary
0: no it probably it probably did look like a nice
1: suit one of those Herb Tarlick numbers um, it's but- hard to believe because that's only six years later where where Herb Tarlick was wearing it as a joke. That that style was maybe it was popular, but it was not. Maybe it wasn't popular for everybody. Maybe it was just one of those things that super stylish people wore them, and they got away with it for two or three years, and then it got ridiculous pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what did it. I mean, I always think of everything in terms of music, so I'm like, maybe it was new wave and punk. You know, streamlined the looks, but I doubt that was really what it is. Uh, maybe people just uh, wanted to get laid or something, so they decided let's try looking good uh th- i did like the music oh god the music the was so coo- intrusive cooking
1: cookie music
0: yeah it, it was it's almost like um if you watched a like a parody or a skit show now and they did like a parody of a 70s game show uh music that's that's what it would sound like well yeah
1: it does it's a parody of itself it's so ridiculous yeah, so. so the history of this game is not the game I don't know the history of the game but the show that we were watching the 70s version of a match game is interesting that in that at that time period I forget what channel it's on CBS or CBS maybe but it was it wasn't it was a primetime show popular primetime show and it became about because uh, what's Mary Taylor Moore's husband Fred Silverman sure. something like that took over the network and and they called it the 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 Rural Purge, where he took all the, the 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 popular but not getting the right demographic shows off the air and put other shows on. So shows like the Beverly Hillbillies, Petticoat Junction, Green Acres, all were taken off the air, even though they were highly rated, to put shows like Match Game on.
0: I, I applaud him for taking Beverly Hillbillies and Petticoat Junction off the air. I, I don't know that replacing it with this was necessarily the best idea. but uh, It got a younger
1: audience. It was the whole point. And, yeah, I don't know. I do like. Green Acres uh, is not bad. All right. I mean, I, I just—I I mean, you—you you specifically didn't mention that, so I just want to enforce the fact that that was kind of a funny show. I like the theme song. Yeah, it's a place to be.
0: I saw the replacements
1: do it once. Um,
0: the, yeah, I don't know, but it is good that uh, I never knew that that's where that uh, thirty rock play came from. The Ruhr Purge. <laughs> it was from this guy, Fred Fred Silverman. Is that his name?
1: I think so. Yeah, whatever. Nobody cares at this late date. Um, well, and the show was from the people who did redid The Price is Right, and they redid The Price is Right to the one that we watched when we were growing up with. It started on primetime, but it became a date a daily fixture with Bob Barker and uh, models and weirdo things like that. They started it in primetime? Mm-hmm. It so, was a, it was already a show. Price is Right was already a show, and they re- revamped it and brought it to primetime. And then that revamping went to daily,
0: Which is which is a better move. That's that's weird to me because uh, you'd think at that time there were only three networks. And yeah. They couldn't even fill with original like scripted programming enough nights. So they were putting game shows on in prime time. Although I guess they still do that now, too. Kind they're of. they cheap.
1: Uh, uh, game shows are cheap.
0: Yeah, they're like reality shows, I guess. Um, they're very
1: popular. Yeah,
0: weird. They have that. Uh, what is that Hollywood Game Night? Now, have you seen that?
1: <laughs> I, I I always said Parks and Rec, which is a great show and everyone should watch. And uh, to tape an extra five minutes because it, for some reason that's it was off cut. the end. Yeah, yeah. So I accidentally watched some of that Hollywood Game Night, and I I I was interested because Adam Scott was there. He was on that episode, but it was so bad. I I was glad that it ended when it did. It was it was like I was stuck to the. T- the couch and I couldn't get up to turn it off. And I had been like, I was handcuffed to the couch and watching it in, in, in great horror. So when the recording ended and I was able to get up, it was, it was, it was quite a relief.
0: I have this bizarre fascination with it because whenever I watch it, I'm like, I, I how is this on the air in 2014? Because it's definitely a throwback to this match game era.
1: Yeah. Um, which I, and, g- and going forward, I'm going to say similar things about At Midnight, and I can't believe you recommended it, but we're not there yet.
0: All right. Um, well, this this if you're not aware, uh, Match Game is like a a game show where contestants I, I don't know the host comes up with some really dumb hokey uh, scenario that you have to fill in the blank. Like there's one word missing. Do you actually remember any of the the ones from this episode?
1: Oh, something like a a dragon. Yeah. This to a night Yeah. No, there's one where the, the Mr. Magoo put his ashes in the host's blank.
0: Yeah. In the woman's blank. So so the the guest has to fill in the blank with his word and then hope that some of the celebrity panel matches it. And, and right. for every match, um, he gets a point. He or she get a point. Um,
1: and, and that's how of- it works. One of the ways the show was revamped for this primetime 70s version, in the 60s it was just kind of a a daily game show, boring, aired against soap operas, people at home watched it. And in the 70s version, they changed it so the questions were sexually charged and they could easily be turned into double entendres.
0: Yes, every single question had some kind of innuendo. Um, And
1: I assume, much like the Hollywood Squares, which apparently you're a big fan of, according to a, a recent email, that the answers were... Were written beforehand, and they just were made to look like improv.
0: I, yeah, I have no idea about that. Um, I know that's true for Hollywood Squares. I don't know if it's true for this show. I it's, wouldn't think so for this show because the answers are so mundane that, like, I it's guess. it's really the questions that are are leading, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and
1: I have to think this was a especially bad episode. I, so I
0: don't. I don't think it necessarily was.
1: I. I think I say that because I. Have, I had read that. Charles Nelson Riley, who I wasn't sure was, but now I know that I know him from X Files, often got into hilarious, they say, arguments with the uh, Brett Summers, and that didn't happen this episode.
0: No, yeah, and I do. I mean, I do remember him, and even at the time, I had no idea why I should know him, but I, you know, I always thought he was funny on Match Game. Again, this is as a child, um, and. And aside from X Files, I still don't really know what he was known for. Uh,
1: I guess I he, think he was known for being on game shows.
0: Yeah, he did a one-man show very li- like a few years back, I think, on Broadway or something. That was
1: and it was well regarded. Yeah, well regarded. Um, and it got turned into a movie, which I'm kind of interested in seeing because it was so well regarded. And he, I mean, he is a funny dude. Um, of that, he he was basically the
0: Paul Lind of of this show. Uh, yeah. Paul yeah. Lind was on Hollywood Squares, and they were both. Uh, Flaming gay dudes at a time when that was not cool, but it's pretty obvious to anybody watching now that they were yeah I, well, I wildly think it was flamboyantly gay.
1: I think it was obvious to the right people then too.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, was, I mean, same. You know, just like with Freddie Mercury, um, because he was in a rock band and and all these really Cro-Mag hetero dudes who were into rock couldn't see it, but it, looking at it now, you're like, well, of course he was.
1: I think the 70s were an interesting time for the openly closeted gay person because Paul Lind and Charles Nelson Reilly are very similar in that they never came, they never really came out, but when they talked about it later, I don't know about Paul Lind, I might be wrong about Paul Lind, but Charles Nelson Reilly, for sure, he's, he's just like, I saw no need to come out. People knew, and I didn't need to, to say anything special. Nobody... Because they were a special category that they weren't abused for it, but other people were. so it's it's kind of a weird time.
0: well, I mean, I think that's always kind of been the way. if you're if you're an entertaining uh, entertainment personality and you're gay, it's it's all right, yeah. as long as you're not, you know, or you weren't at the time, uh, Waving it around in everybody's face, although I guess that's true. Although you know, in a way, they kind of were just <laughs> the way they talked. But um, <laughs> but even his answers, to, like his fill in the blanks on this, uh, with the the one what the what was it the dragon? Yeah, something about a Flaming. dragon. Yeah, blanked it, on some. Yeah, the dragon yeah. flamed, and uh, she, this woman left her husband in the closet. That was his answer.
1: Yeah, it was very obvious what they were playing with there. Oh, one thing uh, nothing to do with him. The one contestant reminded me of the middle daughter from Modern Family.
0: The middle daughter. Okay. All right. The nerdy
1: daughter from Modern Family. Oh, the contestant. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, sorry, I, I was thinking of the ju- the uh, celebrity panel, and
1: I. Was, oh. Who? Yeah. No, I I agree
0: with that. The it it's so weird because just like a uh, Hollywood Game Night, actually even more so because, like you said, Adam Scott was on that, and and. We like him. He's a – I wouldn't call him a D-list celebrity, but all these celebrities are like D-list celebrities and, and washed-up has-beens or, or just, you know, TV
1: actors. Um, I think it was – yeah, I, the one woman the, who, was, who was apparently the, the hot one didn't seem especially attractive to me, but whatever, was from like the, the wife from my two – or not my two dads, um, my three sons. I oh. think that's who she was, the, the blonde that was talking yeah, about that yeah. point. And well, Brett Summers is was married to Jack Klugman, and I guess she had her own career, but that's, you know. And uh, Richard Dawson was just Richard Dawson.
0: Yeah, Hogan's heroes at that time, I would imagine. I think that's about five
1: or 74, probably 10 years past, wasn't it? Because that was a 60s show. Oh, was it? Shit, I don't know. Yeah, I think that was well past that, and it was right before Family Feud. Okay.
0: Well, the it's definitely... Excruciatingly of its time, this show. Uh, yes, the yes. you mentioned the the hot woman or whatever. Uh, just the sexism involved. The sexism. Oh yeah, oh all over the place. My God, the host Gene uh, Rayburn, just coming on to her and and talking about her tits and stuff uh, in a very leering way as well.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even even with the contestant, where he's she's holding his hand, and at least one of the one of the one of the guests mocked them. So I, I had to give credit for that, but she's like, does this excite you? It excites me or does this excite you or calm you down? It, it excites yeah. me. And then the, the guest was like, I think it's calming her down.
0: Yeah. Very weird. Uh, yes. Very weird. Like that whole period of TV in that it's, it's very innocent in a way because they can't, they aren't overt about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, even though like you said it was prime time it wasn't probably meant to be family viewing but it's still very they had to be very tame but but then yes they're implying all sorts of uh sexual shit and the host wasn't even implying he's just flat out uh, being a creeper (laughs) so
1: there's one thing in there and i it couldn't have been what i thought i mean i didn't think it i was just like Richard Dawson's answer to the club one was like, I was with two goth pros overnight and we made a club sandwich. That's not an entendre. That's just a stupid joke.
0: No, it's just a really dumb vaudeville joke. That's how I took it. I mean, although who who knows how he meant it. I just don't think they were that subversive because it was too dumb. Like it was too obvious. All the sexual innuendo um, going on for, for him to slip that in as, as a kind of sexual innuendo. I don't,
1: yeah, I just, he's a kind of a straight, a straight guy making a gay joke. It didn't make any sense. No, no. Yeah. That's that would be
0: uh, too sophisticated, I think for this show. (laughs) Um, but Marsha Wallace was on it.
1: Yes. And she didn't have much to say, but it was her first appearance on the show. So apparently since it's actually mentioned a few times on this, let's get, before we talk about that, let's talk about the fact that there's a whole YouTube channel dedicated to this show. And the YouTube channel dedicated to the show, which is weird in itself, is basically just things taped off of the Game Show Network, poorly taped off of the Game Show Network and put up on YouTube, but organized really well. Because when I first went to the website for, I mean, you know how YouTube, the first one to the channel on YouTube, it said Match Game Network. And I thought it was from the company who made the match game. And then I watched it and the little, the TiVo thing came at the bottom of the screen. So it was obviously recorded off of the game show network. It was just, Oh
0: yeah, no, it's, it had the ads uh, for the game show. network. Yeah. It was obviously, uh, all done by some, uh, obsessive compulsive shut in or invalid in, I heard somebody, uh, somebody, an older person described themselves as an invalid the other day. Uh, it it doesn't matter in what context but i heard you know i can't i can't get out to the post office i'm an invalid and i, I was thinking that's a really fucked up term for yourself or for any just to call a person in general <laughs> yes. you're not valid
1: <laughs>
0: uh Anyway, yeah, yeah, very weird. And I don't know if you saw. Um, I was like looking at some of the other ones, like in the in the corner, you know, or along the side on the YouTube channel. There was one that was like, I don't. It was pretty long, and it was a uh, the real story behind Match Game in the <laughs> '70s, which I didn't check out, but I kind of wanted to. <laughs> I did briefly check out the 1990 version with Brad Garrett, and um, and surprise, surprise, it was no different. <laughs>
1: Now, I don't know what maybe it was just one episode because according to this, I just have the Wikipedia open. And Burke Convy was supposed to host the '90s version, but he died before it got on the air. So maybe just the one episode. They
0: oh they, yeah, maybe it was just the the pilot, yeah. And maybe they never even aired anymore. Who knows?
1: They had some. They had it in '90, and then they had it again '98, '99 with other people. So
0: weird. I, well, I guess we can look forward to that coming back anytime now. Then I'm
1: sure. Well, if they do this, this one with uh, on after Parks and Rec.
0: Oh yeah, Hollywood Game Night. Yeah. Game
1: Night. Well, that's kind of part of uh, Jimmy Fallon has that too with on his show where they play games. It's not the same, but it's similar idea where it's just celebrities playing games. Yeah, I think yeah that's and more, that's usually pretty funny.
0: It is, but that's more of a mockery of the idea of it. I think. Is
1: it okay?
0: Uh, maybe not. I mean, you know, who knows? I, He's, he probably just enjoys doing it, but.
1: Yeah, it's a, a little more fun than the Hollywood Game Night. I, I don't know. It's it's less about who wins and more about having fun. It seemed like the Hollywood Game Night they were very serious about things.
0: And they are also well. On the one hand, they're all drinking on Hollywood Game Night. Oh, so um,
1: it's like a party.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, like the the jokes are still really fucking this match game level of, of humor, and and I don't know why, uh, you know, like the ho- who Jane Lynch is the host, right? Mm-hmm. And she's always telling these again old borscht belt kind of jokes it's so fucking weird like you can't update that even even as far as the humor goes you're doing something from the 70s it's got to be 70s style humor yeah i don't know
1: i always assume that's the way i said this about match game when there's a show on prime time that any kind of thing that seems like improv isn't it's just it's written beforehand
0: no and we'll get into that too in the second half of this i i think that's true um
1: because I even I, they used to talk about you bet your life with Grateful Marx as being showing showing off his sharp wit and everything he said was written. But see, I
0: think probably like with with professional comedians like him, I would imagine most of it was written. But he could still uh, ad lib if he needed to.
1: Hmm, that's probably true. But he didn't most of the time. Oh, so which
0: is, yeah, no. But that's a skill in itself, making it look like you're. Yes, speaking oh, off I the agree cuff. with
1: that. I, I agree with that entirely. That's why I was surprised to hear about uh, Hollywood Squares. And that's why I just assume most shows don't have improv, because improv is usually more hit or miss than you really want on t- a, a, a weekly TV show.
0: Yeah, no, you can't. It's not something you can rely on to be uh, funny 100% of the time, or even 50% of the time in some cases. So Especially
1: yeah. when you have so many different personalities on, the, on a show like that the Hollywood game night, they have all over the place on there. I I remember Adam Scott, but I think they're getting, they're pulling from not just comedy shows and dramas as well. So.
0: Yeah, Um, no, exactly. Well, and I don't think the, I don't think the celebrities on there are are trying to be funny.
1: Oh, okay. They're just
0: playing, they're just playing the games and trying to win for their team. Mm -hmm. Um, because most of them are definitely not funny. Um,
1: so I of Adam Scott I saw that he has a, a vodka commercial.
0: Oh, I haven't I you know
1: I I mostly fast that.
0: forward through commercials, so.
1: I I do too, but I saw Adam Scott and I was like, what the hell? And I went back and it was it was amusing. It's just odd. There was him and Oh, I don't I don't remember her name, the the woman from Community, the the who's also in Mad Men. Oh yeah, Alison Brie. Alison Brie. They were they were in a in a liquor store getting liquor for Adam Scott's party.
0: Well, did we might as well, uh, since we're not going to have a lot more to say about Match Game, uh, talk about the Parks and Rec finale. Uh, it was, I thought it was kind of weird. It was what the jumping ahead and jumping ahead three years. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I didn't expect, and it almost seemed like a series finale to me. Um,
1: I That's what I was thinking as I, not as I watched it because I knew it wasn't, but I was thinking afterwards, I was like, I wonder if they had written this with not knowing if they're going to keep going and just have, have them go to Chicago if it wasn't going to keep going and then kind of switching things up when they realized they were going to keep going. I don't know. And that but was, I, yeah, that was the thing I couldn't, that wasn't. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm super dumb,
0: but it wasn't uh, that clear to me because there was the issue of um, she's going to move to Chicago, but then she tried to talk him into making a uh, Pawnee the the headquarters for her office um, in, mm-hmm. in her new job, like the upstairs. And then it showed her packing her desk, um, kind of like you know trying to say she was going to go to Chicago. But then I thought, well, maybe no, she actually is just packing up her desk and they moved it all upstairs.
1: Well, that's that's what they showed, yeah. Because that they showed her packing her desk and then put putting the the picture up behind her, and that room was the room that Ron Swanson had just spent three months redoing with this special wood.
0: So it was still in Pawnee. Yes.
1: Okay, that made
0: that makes a lot more sense. And I mean, obviously, how are they going to do a fucking show where half the cast is in one location? Um, right. <laughs> but I couldn't tell, you know, at, at the end when uh, Andy and April came in, if they were just visiting or okay. So I am just super dumb. I mean, that's kind of what I thought, but. It wasn't. It wasn't made clear to me, um,
1: uh, but it's. I can't tell where they're going. If they're gonna, they're jumping ahead three years. If they're gonna do a bunch of flashbacks next year, because it looks like a setup. The way that things look set up to me is that we're starting off with Andy with a broken arm, and Adam Scott in the tux. And it'd be, be kind of cool if they show that, and then next season is just a bunch of flashbacks to get why his his arm is broken and why is the tux. It just get caught I, up well i kind of like, like the idea. lost yeah i kind of
0: like the idea with andy of him just having a broken arm yeah years that's in the future. true i mean you it don't could need be anything. Be nope yeah
1: <laughs> and the one of the best lines of the series happened in in that show from andy where the guy from the park service has, answers the questions and he gets as serious face as he can and says can you bring power rangers back i just i laughed so hard i had to, re- I had to rewind and watch it again I don't know who you are, but it seems like that's something you can make happen. Yeah, you seem important enough that you could yeah. <laughs> take
0: care of that. The uh, Did you know, so they had a bunch of uh, musical guests and uh, for this concert, and uh, the band that was who, the Bobby Knight Ranger? Yeah. <laughs> did you know who that was? No. It was Yola Tango. I didn't know until I really? read it the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: no i i it's it's funny how dedicated they are to jokes because they they passed they they said that joke like four weeks ago like a month ago and it was just kind of a quick one-liner and it's it's funny that they brought it back and with yolo tango and the guy the guy from the big band is from wilco right
0: yeah wilco jeff Tweedy, um and i assume just from adam scott's shirt that the one band was letters to cleo yeah. who i'm not really <laughs> yeah. familiar with
1: what an awesome <laughs> another another joke from previous episodes
0: so as usual on this show when we are talking about a subject uh, we we start talking about the latest episode of parks and rec i have no problem with that
1: no especially since it was so it was it was a double episode too it had the the the, the trip to california and the fin- season finale yeah So an hour-long episode and, and yeah i I can't say enough good things about that show. I I like the fact that they jumped ahead three years, so we we don't. Well, maybe we will have to, but I'm hoping we don't have to watch the ep the the dramatic episode where she gets pregnant and had to rush to the hospital. Yes, no, that's, that's one of the things I'm glad they they jumped ahead three years for. That was smart. Um,
0: nobody needs another scene of of a woman in labor on a sitcom or, yeah. or a comedy movie, um, especially with triplets. I, I could just imagine the how they would take it really over the top with that so that was smart um
1: and it, it's it's they set this whole second half of the season up with her having this job offer and making it seem like she was going to turn it down even though it was perfect so it's neat that they made it so she could take it and keep the show keep still going and we'll see how it is next year but it, i like the the fact that john ham was there for five minutes and got fired yeah which would also also, work with going back in time and having him show up some more because he's awesome. He's great in everything he does, but um, especially goofy comedies. Comedy, I really like him. Do you have
0: you heard him on like uh, um, Doug Loves Movies or anything?
1: No, is he? He's good on this. Yeah, he's a
0: very naturally funny dude. Yeah, um, he, he was obviously great on Thirty Rock.
1: Yeah, he was, and that thing he did with Adam Scott—the most important television event ever—where they worked together to recreate the opening of Simon and Simon. Yeah, yeah really funny in that
0: um adam scott we're big fans uh i know i asked you before have you have you listened to you talking you two to me not yet i enjoy it because sometimes uh scott arkerman seems a little uh off-putting to me in some ways um but it's really cool to have him with adam scott
1: on that show spe- specifically, or
0: just in general? Yeah, on that show, on the You and YouTube. Okay. Me. I, I really like Scott Aukerman a lot more,
1: because... Oh, no, no, that's what I'm saying. When do you usually find him off-putting? A,
0: a lot of times on Comedy Bang Bang, I just because I feel like he's doing a persona that's, like, 100% irony, where I just uh, want him to drop it and be
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> be for real for, like, just a few seconds, Um, which I get why he doesn't, but, you know, I... And he kind of does on this one more, so. That's cool. Anyway, match game. Uh, match don't game. don't watch it. There's a whole channel dedicated to it on YouTube if you really must, but. Uh,
1: I, it's kind of neat to see all these actors who, who like Orson Bean, who I only know from, um, where's being John Malkovich, and kind of neat to see him where he came from, which is he should have stayed. A, I mean, he he went to better places.
0: Well, and that was another of the, of the really, uh, shitty humor. Yes. Uh, I mean, not shitty. I mean, shitty and like being a shitty person humor. Do you remember his line when he said, uh, he was growing a beard because he was playing Gertrude Stein in the story of her life. I was
1: like, That's... I didn't get that joke. What was he trying to say? He he was trying to say she's manly. She's a manly lesbian, is how I took it. Uh, oh, I didn't get that joke at all. I thought that was something topical. I didn't understand. No, I don't think there was any more to it than that. But okay, that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. So. So in in some ways, I mean, it's like, it's like um, reading something from the the thirties or something by a writer you like and coming across a racial slur, you know, you're like, oh. <laughs> so, was...
1: so, so I think I misunderstood when Gertrude Stein was around. I, I thought she was around at that point. So there's something going on, but she'd been dead for years and years. I think she'd been dead by that point. Yeah. Um, although maybe
0: not. Cause you know, she was what Paris in the, the, 30s and stuff. Um, no, she died in 46. Yeah, so she died in 46. That. So that's... this is
1: really, really kind of going far to insult some to insult, to insult yeah, a I, dead lesbian. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's like a her her. It was she's was making a comeback in the popular culture at that that point for some reason. It's just an odd, an odd, an odd insult. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: weird. Yeah, there's. A, I mean, it's unfortunate. It's probably the best word for the show. <laughs> uh, match game just the fashions and the music that you liked and uh, th- that music they played it probably every two minutes and
1: yes <laughs> so goofy it, it's not as good as the dating game music which is which is what um what's that the the, the spanish, spanish, spanish spanish flea spanish flea which i love so it's not as good as that but it's in the same same world it's in oh yeah yeah, it's in the
0: same, not even the same ballpark. It's in the same uh, row of the bleachers.
1: <laughs> no, it's Spanish police is, is better enough that it's, it, it, it can. <laughs> yeah, this is bad, but funny. <laughs> oh,
0: well, anyway, uh, are we done with uh, the match game slash Parks and Rec
1: let recap. me think if there's anything else I wanted to talk about. I don't think so. Do we talk about each of the guests, each of the, the celebrity, of the hilarious been. guests? I think so. There's a third one. Who was the one in the middle, in the bottom?
0: Uh, Well, Richard Dawson was middle Richard of the Richard Dawson,
1: that's right, yeah. Yeah, we talked about them all. Yeah,
0: nobody was particularly funny on this one. Even Charles Nelson Reilly, maybe he was on uh, Tranquilizers or something for this episode.
1: Yeah, I do think it was not an especially good episode of the show. Not that the the best episode would be much better, but I think they probably had funnier comments in between stuff.
0: I think so. I mean, I remember Charles Nelson Reilly being far more witty.
1: Um, Yeah, it was sedate. You're probably right. They all while we're on tranquilizers
0: the if you want to watch this specific episode on the youtube channel it's the the first appearance of marshall wallace you can find it pretty easily
1: it did it i still can't get over i did not know this was i heard of the show and i've heard of charles nelson riley but i didn't realize until we start doing this that it was ever a primetime show what an odd time for television (laughs) i guess it's always like that like we talked about before with reality shows and yeah, it's just so weird. This was a primetime show.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, they'll be looking back in thirty years and, and saying, "What the fuck?" I mean, yeah. that's yeah, assuming right. things don't just get worse and worse uh, for the <laughs> networks. But
1: yeah, thirty years, they might just say, "What the fuck? What's a network?"
0: Yeah, what's television? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> what's the world? There's everybody's dead. Who's talking? It's the frog. That that's that seems realistic. Yes. Um.
0: All right, let's let's take a quick break and we'll go on to our next topic. We had a comrade,
1: a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days, but then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about chandelier
0: to computers wearing earphones. Oh. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations, Van Dyke Park's great racing, Staple chasing, the reformation, transubstantiation, in his creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the start, it's gonna take some time and patience, but all the We're back Yay. and with uh apparently pat has some problems with this uh at midnight
1: starring my chris hardwick is it's a comedy panel show and i did not laugh once that was my biggest problem but maybe that's the way it's supposed to be
0: here's the thing you only watch one episode though right
1: uh, that's yeah i only watched the episode we're talking about which was the episode with thomas lennon and two people whose name i forget
0: uh steve A. G. and uh oh fuck i used to uh we used to talk to each other on Twitter, April fuck. Sorry, April. Uh, April
1: somebody. Who has a podcast where they talk about Saved by the Bell.
0: Yes. Um, no, uh, I, I don't think I laughed at this one either, uh, but there have been ones I've laughed at. And they, they have different comedians on every episode, so, you know.
1: But, the, well, so that's good that the other episodes are better. But the energy of this show was very similar to the energy of Match Game, where everybody was laughing at everything everybody else said. Yes, it's clapping. annoying. And I, that is that's that's so it, i didn't purposely pick this because it was like match game since I already saw I didn't know what match game was and I had never seen this show, but it was very, very similar to the match game.
0: No, it's it's very off putting again, it's it's that and, old seventies showbiz shit where you're like, What are they sweetening the laughter or do they just have laugh uh, signs that light up for people for every goddamn thing they say, like on Letterman or something?
1: And in addition to that, the jokes were sexual but not funny. Finger banging is not funny just because you say finger banging. Right. And it was cruel too because some of the, the, the point of the show is that they take stuff from the internet and make fun of it, which is fine. But they were taking pictures of people or they were showing pictures of people who thought they were having their picture taken, but it was actually video. And they are they were kind of cruel about it to, to some of them.
0: Yes. Well, I, which I've seen that uh, that video on the internet Yeah, I have too. And it's to funny.
1: This. It's funny and it's on its own context, but having them make fun of it on a on a national tv show is this cruel
0: right so it's it's a bit of the um the internet mentality to this show where where they're kind of just you know if if somebody can say something mean about anything they're going to do it mhm um which would be fine if it if it had been funnier
1: right like there's a picture of a girl and a guy who thought they were having their picture taken and steve aggie's joke was let's go out to the alley and we wanted to get this picture taken so we can go out to the alley and uh uh, so i can go out to the alley and finger bang my sister right yeah and steve aggie's a funny dude so i think i've seen him in other stuff where he's funny but he was wasn't especially funny on this
0: yeah i've seen him be funny i've seen him be funny on this show um but you're right this this episode uh so the episode we watched was um was from Thursday. The I guess that was the twenty third of April. Yeah, um, good. twenty fourth. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's Thursday the twenty fourth of April. Uh, if you want to watch the one we're talking about, um, April Richardson. God damn it, that was her name. Uh, just wanted to get that out of the way. No, I know what you're saying, and uh, there is there is a bit of that um, smugness to yeah. to it sometimes um, that and... is a turn off. But then when when they nail a joke, it's it's pretty, you know, it, it, it is actually funny.
1: I guess I'll have to watch a few weeks to see them actually nail a joke.
0: Yeah, the show can be
1: funny. Um, but I, the other, the other problem, not problem, but the other weird thing about the show is I like Chris Hardwick on The Nerdist. That's the only uh, place I know him from. So last week, or I guess it was two weeks ago, when you mentioned this show and you said, well, Chris Hardwick is kind of annoying sometimes, but he can always be like that. And Laura agreed with you. I didn't know what you guys were talking about. But yeah, he's annoying in the show.
0: Yeah, he's he's a bit of the smarmy host,
1: which is weird because on Nerdist he's sincere, and when he's talking about something he enjoys, he's really he. It's kind of contagious. It's like I want to like the things he likes as well, and he's really a nice guy on the Nerdist. And he, sometimes he'll talk about his like stand-up comic roots, and it, it makes him sound like a douchebag. And I'm just like, well, maybe he's being hard on himself, but I don't know. Well, it's it's a it's a difficult
0: thing here because what can he be sincere about here? I mean, the yeah, whole show true. is making fun of, fun of internet yeah. shit. Um,
1: yeah, but it's, it's, it's still, I, even his voice sounded different. It just didn't, I didn't like him. Like, I think I could think of someone doing a show like this and like the actual person, even though they're making fun of whatever they're making fun of. Yeah. Because he just didn't come across as likable. Like if, uh, what's the, the guy you just talked about? who's always ironic. If he did this show, I think I'd like him even when he was making fun of stuff the dude who's always ironic the dude from uh you uh Ute, uh county bang bang oh scott ackerman scott ackerman yeah. you he could do this and he'd be likable even if he's being yes me. no
0: i agree um i think maybe it's just not a great fit for chris hardwick i think so yeah um although having said that i don't think he's a terrible host necessarily uh, yeah. um maybe you should watch some more episodes and and maybe you know maybe your opinion won't change but uh
1: no, if you say that some of them are funnier than this, because this was especially bad, and it was especially self-congratulatory self-congratu- too, it, with the whole "you've been on five times and you haven't won." It's just that kind of that kind of stuff is just it's, it wears
0: thin quickly. Yes, the showbiz kind of aspect yeah. of it, which is which is my least favorite part of it, and and uh, I think, like you said, I think Chris Hardwick is in general a likable dude. Um, although I, to my knowledge, I never heard him talk any shit about Jenny McCarthy who he used to work with which I would like to hear um, <laughs> especially from somebody who's so into science uh, but so how did they work what, what was it they worked together I don't know singled out was that the name of the show on MTV
1: oh, oh okay that's what he talks yeah but but maybe it's just like they're friends and he doesn't want to talk shit about someone who's a friend with I you guess could have, you can have friends who are have stupid opinions and you don't want to embarrass them I don't know. I suppose. I, I. She would deserve it, of course.
0: Yeah, I try not to have friends who have dangerous opinions. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to find an opinion that's it's, it's more stupid than the anti-vaxxers.
0: Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, even the, the truthers and whatever, I mean, they're just kind of nutbags anyway, and they're not affecting anything.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but, no, he – I mean, it, it's one of my issues with him, even on Nerdist, is that he – He's too nice and refuses to talk shit. And in some ways I'm like, well, you know, maybe that's more what I should strive for. But on the other hand, what's wrong with having opinions about people? You know, I I don't Mm -hmm. know why it's, it's such a bad thing. Like no matter what I say about anybody who gives a shit really at the end of the day, I'm, I'm sure people talk shit about me, especially at work and stuff. And I don't care. Um, but then it also makes me wonder if maybe it's like you don't want to say anything bad because you're in the business and you want to keep all your options open, which is which is a much less noble reason to not.
1: Right. Talk shit. Right. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. Having said all that, um, I do not think Chris Hardwick is a bad guy. Um, I don't mean to make it sound like that.
1: And Chris Hardwick was roommates with Wolverine, right? With I don't know. I don't or know. Is that- I thought one either him. I always get the I don't anymore, but I used to get him and Scott Ackerman confused. But I think it's Hardwick who is. Well, yeah, really, I definitely would
0: think it would be Hardwick yeah, of, of the those tail. two. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I mean I kind of get what you're saying. Uh, I like it when, uh, maybe watch one with Doug Benson. I usually find him pretty funny.
1: Okay. On the show. Yeah, yeah. This was this was pretty bad. It, it was like I said, I was very shocked by how similar to Match Game it was. It was crazy.
0: Well, there, there is that that um, the constant laughter and the kind of uh, the kind of hokey hosting style is is the is a turnoff to me. But I still enjoy the show.
1: Do you think that their stuff is improv, or do you think it's written beforehand? Oh,
0: it's got to be written beforehand. I I think uh, Greg Proops was on it once, and uh, and he said, "Oh, it's great to be doing pretend improv again on TV." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well the whose line is anyway was real right
0: I, I don't even know i don't know i i took that to <laughs> that was to too, okay. maybe it was not um <laughs> well the british version was real or at least yeah or at least not completely but like in in both cases same with groucho that we talked about earlier i think there is some off-the-cuff improv going on but mm-hmm. it's mostly when the comedians are talking to each other i think rather than uh responding teams, to the yeah although maybe you know they they do some kind of uh so it's a it's a game show that's just completely arbitrary with points and everything and nobody really you know there's not really anything at stake um Mm -hmm. but uh but so chris hardwick will show them clips of stuff from the internet and then have them make jokes about it and uh there's one there are a couple like kind of lightning round things where they just buzz in a bunch which maybe they have like one or two jokes loaded but maybe they're coming up with uh the rest on their own. Who knows? Who knows how it works? It'd be interesting to get a behind-the-scenes look at it. I'm looking at the list
1: of guests. I think I would probably enjoy an episode with, with Paul Shear and Rob Hubel, so I'll, I'll keep an eye on, on it.
0: Yeah, he has really good comedians, so I mean, definitely if you're a comedy nerd, it's worth watching just for that, um, just to see these people, the different people on and how, they, how well they do. Um, but I think you're right... Also in that, um, a lot of times they kind of go for the easy joke or the, the mocking joke.
1: But is it, is it always so sexual too? Uh,
0: well, I mean, I think, I think that's just modern comedy in general, you know?
1: Yeah, but not that, yeah. When it's funny, I guess it works. When it's not funny, it's just annoying. So I guess that's the problem.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, I used to say from, uh. My brief time doing uh, doing uh, open mics and stuff that you can always tell who's an alternative comic because they'll use the word pussy a lot. <laughs>
1: That's all it takes.
0: That's all it takes because they can they can act like they're doing it ironically, but you get the sense that they really just like to say it. <laughs> like it's a it's an excuse to get their sexism out while while maintaining you know their liberalness. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, I get what you're saying. Maybe this wasn't the best episode, but on the other hand, maybe you just won't like it.
1: Possible, Uh, But I think I probably, I'll give it another chance. I probably won't be an everyday fan, but maybe I'll watch it when there's somebody good on. And who knows,
0: maybe, you know, who knows how much of it is, is scripted or, or, you know, they've planned their jokes out and how much is off the cuff. If, if there is more just, um, extemporaneous jokes going on, then that might explain some of the sexual stuff too, because that's always the easiest shit to go for, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I just have trouble when it's cruel and not really, there, it's not when you're cruel about against people with no power. I don't think that is nearly as funny as when you're cruel against people with power. That's it's just it's what I have a problem with.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I had a, uh, somebody who we both kind of know had to ask me, I talked about wanting to do stand-up and was asking me for tips on it and i i said well just i think the best thing to do is if you're gonna make fun of somebody make fun of yourself like you can still make fun of character flaws and stuff but if you do it about yourself you seem like less of a dick than just being cruel beating somebody when they're down yeah yeah which is different from like making fun of power which i think is completely fine but like random um fools on the internet who, that's, are, who are nobodies? It's kind of yeah.
1: That's why I'm going to have trouble enjoying the show. But I, I, I get the feeling Paul Scheer could make fun of random fools on the internet and make the random fools feel good about themselves. Yeah, I,
0: I think I think you're right. There there is definitely a way to do it, and I understand. Like at at a certain point, it just becomes almost like bullying. But then the the flip side of that is these people, in a lot of cases, are putting themselves up on the internet.
1: Um, well, no, I mean, talking about the specific episode, not really. There is the people who were fooled by the thinking they're getting their picture taken. Right. They didn't put that up on the internet. There's the the woman who was, had her crotch, had her crotch videoed by a news organization. She certainly didn't put that on the internet. True. So the, I don't.
0: No, this episode is not the best example, but you know, they, there are people yeah, who, was, who put shit up on YouTube yeah. thinking they're the shit that is.
1: That's fine. If they do right. like the kid taking a picture of himself. I didn't especially like that, but it, it was it was less offensive than the other one.
0: Yeah, well and and again, yeah, this episode was maybe not the best for that because the kid taking a picture of himself was kinda like the, the people um with the getting their photos taken. He thought he was taking a selfie but he had it on video, so
1: Yeah, but he put that on the internet. It's not like oh, grabbed right, right. it off of his phone. It's not so somebody had to put it up and I'm assuming it's him.
0: Yeah. No, it, it, it is I get what you're saying. It's kind of what turned me off the Twitter um, in a way just so much snark um, mm-hmm. and and which is why i don't read comment sections on anything
1: on the internet <laughs> um but at
0: least they're well
1: again well I, see with twitter and uh, not not necessarily twitter but with comment sections and twitter at least these are just people are on the same level playing field these are people on TV making fun of people who can't talk back
0: right that's true
1: no and I guess that's the point of Tosh
0: which I've, I've never, never really watched, watched no. yeah
1: so maybe he does it better because that's pretty popular
0: I guess I, I find him very unlikable um,
1: I know he has a he has a, a he has a, a good collection of rape jokes which is always good
0: that's uh that's alternative comic 101 um yeah i I get your point but I uh I still find it a, a fun like I said popcorn show there's not uh there's not a lot to it but when when the guests are good it's it's worth watching I think and the same can be said of many comedy podcasts mm-hmm. as well um I just or miss. yeah but i I like the I like the whole comedy uh podcast world and and comics on the internet um so it's it's for me it's kind of just made for me this show because it's got a lot of my favorite people on it Mm -hmm. but yeah i will have to take into consideration as i watch more your objections because i do agree with them um and and i'll see maybe if it maybe after a while it'll it'll start to wear on me too
1: I'll I'll give it another chance though, to see it. I'll, I'll give a look to who the guests are and see if I'll watch it. But this was definitely not the best. <laughs> and I, I like Thomas Lennon too, but he was not good on it. No, he wasn't great. You know, I, I think he's somebody who's never going to be great though. I, 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 he was great on Reno 911, but we talked about him in that he's, he was starring in that terrible show this year. whose name, like, I forget. It was uh, one of the, Sean saves the world. Sean what? saves yeah. the world. And, I think I thought he was wasting himself, but now I found out he wrote the Night at the Museum movies. Oh, he's Some,
0: he's yeah. wildly rich from uh, screenwriting. Yeah, he's done a lot of really, really terrible movies. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, Night at the Museum is not. I mean, it's something to be proud of because people really like it, but it's not that good. No. no well, he wrote a book. Well, I couldn't do any better, so
0: he wrote a screenwriting book with his partner Ben Grant. And he even says in it, he's like, if you want to do if you want to make movies that are personal and good, basically, uh, you know, this is not the book for you. This is a (laughs) book on how to write movies that will sell to mainstream Hollywood. (laughs) Did you read it? I did. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, I I don't think I will be doing it.
1: Was it a serious book or a joke
0: book? I mean, it was serious. It was serious in how to do it. It was a serious how to book, but funny because it was written by them. Um, -hmm. Mm -hmm. but, uh, Yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, I just don't have the, I think even the right sensibility to be able to do that kind of thing. I don't think it's even a matter of like integrity as much as I just don't know what the majority of people like. Like, I just don't get it, so.
1: Did you write, did you watch Bad Teacher? No. Nothing. It's pretty bad. Oh, because it's a series now, right? I've never seen the movie, but yeah, series just started last week. And I watched the first episode just to see what it was like. David Ellen Greer is the principal. I'm not sure who plays the bad teacher role, but the Dick from Veronica Mars is in it.
0: Oh, damn. I'm, I'm a little sad to hear he's in something that sucks, but
1: yeah, he's going to make money. Yeah. Uh,
0: Surprisingly, uh, I think we, I can't remember if we talked about it on air or off. Um, but About a Boy, not so bad after the first episode.
1: Really? I gave up on it because I, the first episode was so mediocre, I couldn't imagine it would get good. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's, I mean,
0: it's not the best thing ever, but it's it's watchable.
1: How about the show with the blind guy?
0: No, terrible. Okay. J.K. Simmons.
1: <laughs> oh, poor J.K. <laughs> he is such a good actor.
0: Yeah, poor J.K. Simmons. He's He's only... He only does like seventeen roles a year. I'm sure he'll be yeah, fine.
1: Yes, but I mean, I want him to have something where it's just. Well, he has. I mean, everything he's done, he's been, he's been well regarded for a long time. But he does a lot of crap. Yeah. Well, I, th- I guess he really wants to do a sitcom because last year he was in that not very good sitcom where he was a retired handyman and his son. His. Oh yeah, that lasted son, like three episodes. Yeah, it was a mid. It was the same as his mid-season replacement. Now he's playing a blind guy. Yeah, uh, he'll never he'll never uh, get better than playing uh, J. J. Jameson. He
0: well, um, yeah, he's good at that kind of role. I mean, that's similar to his role in uh, Burn After Reading. Yeah, yeah, he was good. In that. A blustery like big boss, dude.
1: So I don't I, I don't know when I'll see the next Spider-Man who comes out next week, but I don't know if they have a new person playing J. J. Jameson. And if they do, they're stupid. They could have just gotten him back. Cause there's not, they're not going to get anybody better.
0: Yeah, have some, have at least some uh, crossover. <laughs> yeah, he'd be. Go- yeah, they'll probably, they'll probably pick somebody really stupid like Vin Diesel or something,
1: <laughs> and they change change the character to be a superhero.
0: What's the name? of it? I'm gonna actually look it up on uh, IMDb right now. So if you want to uh, start talking bullshit for a little bit,
1: I'll... oh, the name of the new Spider-Man movie? They they did a lot of work to come up with something original. And I know that they, they went through a couple audience screenings to figure out what the title of the movie should be named. And they had all kinds of ideas. And the name they came up with is I was shocked by it.
0: Oh, I I see it. Yeah. I see it now.
1: Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah.
0: Um, wait, no J Jonah Jameson listed.
1: Oh, he he must not, he's not working for the daily planet yet. Maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe I haven't, I didn't see the first, reboot so maybe this is a uh, yeah no no nobody lift, listed in that role so i guess they figured they couldn't top him
1: <laughs> that's good i i i saw the first reboot and it was okay it was unnecessary they didn't do much different
0: wait sally field is aunt may Yep. aunt yeah, may was like a withered old crone in the comics
1: first of all sally feels pretty old but yeah she's not she's not perfect she doesn't. She's she's old, but she doesn't look it. No, she doesn't. She, she looked young enough to play
0: Abe Lincoln's wife. Yeah, that's true. Mary Todd, who back in those days, you know, they got married when they were like 12. Um, I think Lincoln died when he was, uh, what, 17?
1: So, yeah, it was, it was the day after his 17th birthday. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Because um, 14th birthday was when he gave the Emancipation Proclamation.
0: I think we should start a new, uh, maybe we won't start it this week, but I, I was thinking about a new, um, a new segment on this show. What kind of bullshit is James Franco up to this week? Or we'll, we'll just make up stuff, you know, that we think he might be doing.
1: Oh, okay, because what was the last week he said he had paintings of Seth Rogen. Oh, did he really? I missed that one. Yeah, there are paintings of Seth Rogen where he was naked. And it turned out that the paintings were based on these two actual pictures of, of naked Seth Rogen. That's fascinating. Is what is the James Franco's deal? Is 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 was he really hitting on that seventeen year old, or was that like Some hype for his new style. movie? Nobody, Nobody knows. knows. I mean, I yeah. think
0: he's, I think he thinks he's Andy Kaufman or something, but but I'm not really interested enough to find out. Um, yeah. That'll be, a, that'll be a good segment to start. <laughs> Since we gave up on all our other segments. Well, I'm sure we'll give up on this one after two weeks.
1: Uh, oh, you want to do what's new in Miley Cyrus' world? Oh, if you've got something, let's do it. This week in Miley Cyrus. This week in Miley Cyrus, she had a child. and um, Oh, is what's... that why she was hospitalized? Yep. It, uh, Justin Bieber has nothing to do with the parentage. It's James Franco's baby.
0: Oh, so that ties into both segments.
1: Yes, yes. And the baby was born
0: at the age of five. And did it look like Nathan, naked Seth Rogen?
1: No, it looked like Nathan Lane.
0: Oh, even better. Well, that's that is some fully clothed. Well, let's hope so. With Nathan Lane,
1: he left. He left the womb fully clothed, which was proclaimed as a miracle by all the hospital workers, including the administrators who are soulless.
0: This is good. Miley Cyrus News. Well, congratulations on your Nathan Lane baby. Actually, not baby. Uh, not even Pop. toddler. Uh, oh, I don't know. What yeah, that at lim- five, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think they're toddling anymore at five. They're they they're starting kindergarten. Uh, they named the baby John Candy Cyrus. That's awesome.
1: After Louie Anderson.
0: So congratulations, James Franco and Miley Cyrus. And uh, Nathan Lane, because it looks like he might have a new lease on life. Maybe you're... Uh, get your career going with your little clone again. Uh, you got another, at least, I don't know, twelve years. I'm gonna say for that kid.
1: Well, that's that's good news. Do you do you have any uh, recommendations? Recommendation? I had one. Oh, I, I do have a recommend. I was I've been catching up on a bunch of Colbert reports, and I recently I watched the one with George Saunders. Do you watch that regularly, or just catches? I do. I one? haven't
0: I haven't caught up though. I, I've I'm a bit behind on it, so.
1: I watched the episode with George Saunders, who is one of my favorite uh, modern search story writers. And it was a very interesting interview because he seemed so nervous and nerdy, which made it better. Uh, He recently wrote a book, which I haven't read, and I'm not recommending, called Kindness and Encouraging People to Be Kind to Each Other. But uh, one of his previous search story collections is really good. And it's called Civil War Land and Bad Bad Decline. or I think Bad Decline. It's a, a short story collection with all kinds of weird, kooky stories, and it's worth reading. George Saunders.
0: Okay, George Saunders is your pick. Yes. Um, dang. I totally forgot Uh, I totally forgot what I was going to do. So, you know, I'm going to say uh, I'll, I'll recommend uh, 10th of December by George Saunders, because that was the last one of his I read. Um, How was that? It was good. I mean, In- if you like George Saunders, I don't know why you wouldn't like it. I have to read it, I have, I have it. I just haven't started reading it. It's just, it's short stories, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Civil Warland and Bad Decline was the first book of his I read because uh, somebody recommended him to me.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it was me. Well, maybe not. That's no, it works. wasn't.
0: Um, okay. And no, actually, it wasn't. Uh, in Persuasion Nation was the first of his I read,
1: and I have not read I, that.
0: Yeah, that one's good too. That one's really good. Uh, in fact, I think it might be better than Tenth of December, in my opinion. So maybe I'll just switch well, we should just say read George Saunders. <laughs> it's our recommendation this week.
1: Who's not? I'm, I'm. I mean, he's he's well known and he's a professor, but he's not as famous as he should be. I guess church story writers, unless they're writing stuff that gets made into movies, really don't have a hopes of being especially a Stephen King level fame.
0: No, no, definitely not. It's a niche market.
1: Um, but he, I mean, I, I'm sure he gets everything he wants in the New Yorker, so he's fine with his life. But I, I wish more people knew about him. More people liked him.
0: Yeah, he's he's very inspiring to me uh, for my writing because he just basically just deals in short stories, which which I like because I I don't think I have a novel in me. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of like when you when you have aspirations to write it's kind of daunting to be like, well, I don't think I could write a novel, but then you have people like him and, and apparently Raymond Carver and stuff who, uh, who do a, tons of short stories and that's what they're known for. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they, and it's not like they're lesser. They're really good short stories. Yeah, I mean, really good, really good writing in the short story form.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's inspirational and they're Well, as I said, I'm not, I am not that familiar with Raymond Carver. Um, so maybe I should check him out. Um, oh, I, yes! You not read anything by him? I don't think so. I think I started oh, a couple yeah. things, and I, I they didn't grab me. So I'll have to go back uh, and
1: try. Yeah, there's, oh, yeah, that whole that whole collection. Can you please be quiet, please? I think it's called is is so wonderful. He is a one, I'm I'm going to change my recommendation to Raymond Carver. No, I won't. I already had George Saunders, but yeah, he's definitely awesome. I did she-
0: see shortcuts, uh, which I thought which is based on a bunch of his stories but yeah I, but i found I, it kind of pointless overall and maybe well, I that think, was the point but
1: i but i think the fact that they took a bunch of his stories and tied them together they weren't supposed to be when he wrote them they were just short stories right. so yeah well his stories are pointless they're just little vignettes uh, yeah they but they one paragraph will tell so much about a character that you don't get so much information about a character in the whole novel right it's the else. writing yeah, yeah yeah it's it's, it's amazing
0: all right. It's like you're gonna watch The Wire. I will read some uh, Raymond Carver then. And uh, I think that's good.
1: That's fine. Yeah. I'm so, glad you took my criticism of your favorite show so well. I think I'm you're overstating
0: how much I like the show. Um, but no, that's I, I. actually no. It made me. It made me think about it in uh, a way I hadn't previously. So that's good. And, and i and i agree and i especially agree about this episode it was not it was not great um and had this been the only one i'd seen i probably wouldn't have continued
1: watching but... <laughs> i'm glad we picked this one
0: yeah well we try to be current even though
1: uh, this won't come out for another week <laughs> but uh that's another weird thing about the show is its shelf life is shorter than most shows because they're taking they're taking stuff from, from the internet that week.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Which I'm sure is the same with like tough But but also this, you know, the same that's with true. the Daily Show or the Colbert Report. And
1: yeah, stuff that's too. true. But, yeah, but I can see watch. I rewatched. The, well, this is Colbert Report, but I rewatched the the time Colbert did the president's uh, press con uh, press. What's it called? Press dinner. When oh had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's funny. And man, that's makes you cringe too
0: it makes you cringe and it also makes you realize how absolutely clueless uh bush was about everything <laughs> that he would think colbert would do anything else <laughs> but no you're right like like uh daily show and colbert Report are at least on uh large topics in the news whereas uh at midnight is about dumb idiots on the internet um, <laughs> so yeah
1: it doesn't it doesn't have the shelf life but last week, we already talked about Colbert. Yeah, we already talked about that. I'm very excited about that. Colbert being uh, Letterman's replacement. Yeah,
0: I'm, uh, I'll, I'll wait and see. I'll, yeah, I know. I'll definitely watch it because um, I like him, but I'm guarded, guardedly optimistic about it.
1: Um, all right, you want to write give, to us at yeah. popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Rate us highly on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and try to be our friends and tell all your friends that you like us.
0: Yeah, we'll write you back. Uh, unless you're Amy, uh, who I just saw had, had emailed us and I, for some reason they didn't come to my email again, um, uh, about some episodes. So, on, but we will, we will write people back if you write us. So, uh, there's, if that's any kind of incentive for you, um, in which and case it shouldn't I, be. Cause for you, from us. Uh, nope. Not my mother. So, uh, all right. Until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah.